welcome to Patch Notes. We're here to talk about video games uh, and chew bubblegum, and uh, I'm still working on my bubblegum, so uh, I'll pass it over to John to begin with. Hey, John, how's it going? Hey, what's up? I might sound slightly different because I've got a mic now. I'm not I'm not podcasting solely out of like a thirty dollar USB headset. Well, you know, it does make it feel like we're not playing um, Call of Duty together, which is a shame. But you know, I appreciate that you are doing. Um, you're, you're doing this for the podcast. I yeah. like, you know, it, it, it means a lot to me. Um, and I think the listeners will like it too. Yeah. And much like call of duty. And when we play call of duty, um, together, theoretically, theoretically. Uh, I, I still do feel like I'm constantly dying. Uh, okay. Yeah. What well, one of us is getting owned at one point or another. Um, uh, yeah. So I, um, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. Uh, it's been a while. What have you, what have you been up to? Anything, anything exciting going on for you? Absolutely not. This uh, cool. it feels bad complaining about the heat, given what's happening elsewhere in the country. Listen, everyone's allowed to complain about the heat, even if you're not in the Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah, I'm in the Mid Atlantic, which means we're the cool part of the country, hanging out at a uh, at a chilly 92 to 95 degrees. Uh, at least during it just rained a bunch. Uh, daytime temperatures. Yeah, yeah, we did have like a week or so, so of of a bunch of rain. Um, we just, I mean, well, it just rained tonight up in Pennsylvania. I think maybe you're yeah, going to get it. Possibly. I hope so. I mean, um, it was like it was like a flash flood warning rain. Um, nothing bad about extreme weather, though, right? That's like, that's good. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, just we like extreme weather. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I hate that. But uh, you know what? It sucks. Uh, we had to get our air conditioner uh, looked at because uh, it was working too hard. And the uh, the guy who came over took a chunk of ice like as tall as my daughter out of the machine nice um, that's that always what you love to see yeah uh, really cool it's the one thing i love about not renting right now which is that um when i rented i would have to like track my um track my landlord down like liam neeson and taken to get my uh to get my uh, air conditioner fixed yeah it was horrible uh i've got uh this this mini fridge um, which is a leftover from when I used to live alone and now um, hangs out besides my, beside my bed. And at some point I'm going to have to take it out because it, uh, you know, just your usual yearly ice accumulation from the, uh, from the freeze so in the unit. Um, but we're not like it, it, the, the, the point in time when you want to do that the most, um, which is summer, because, you know, it's hot outside. You just take the thing outside for a couple hours. It'll melt the ice down. Uh, you, put it back inside uh, that's also when i want the most water cold water <laughs> yeah so. it is it is a tricky thing actually when we got the when we got the um uh, the air conditioner fixed we um he, to melt the ice uh, he had to turn on the heat uh, for a little bit so the house was already like sickeningly hot um, and then the guy was like yeah i'm really sorry i have to turn on the heat a little bit to <laughs> I was like this is HVAC. I mean, so listen, my HVAC, I, I really like the, the HVAC guy we use now. The other yeah. guy who installed our system, uh, we should have known when we saw the MAGA sticker on his truck, but uh, not not the guy you want cle- uh, installing your system, unfortunately. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know what? These things happen. There are people, people definitely have it worse than me. Uh, people have it worse than Willie Loman, is what I hear. Uh, John? People have it worse than video games. They do. They do have it worse than video games. For all of mankind's history up until now has been a story of people who have had it worse than video games. (laughs) Um, 
we should just, I guess, jump into the news. We uh, haven't recorded since E3, uh, the virtual that, E3, that wonderful the E3 event, yeah. online guerrilla E3, where uh, they all just threw a bunch of uh, trailers for their video games on the web and called it a trade event. Um, how do you feel about E3 coming back possibly next year? Because I know... Um, yeah, Jeff Keighley has his whole thing now. Like, he is very aggressive. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's very boardroom polished, let's say. Um, yeah, oh, hate- that's very, very... It was funny, when I was writing the book, I actually, like, one of the things I, I covered, I think it was, like, it must have been... I think it was an article about Metal Gear Solid 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, something about... It might have been something about, like, the reception of Raiden or, like, the, the Ice Cube thing that was, a, 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 like, a rumor for a while... Um, but Keeley actually wrote it, and it was like, oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> what, that's who he used to be. That's, like, he's, that's, yeah, he's... Uh, Keeley the writer? Like, <laughs> this is weird. He feels like he's been doing um, Ted, video game TED Talks forever. But uh, Yeah, I, I, I can't stand to watch him. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, that's okay. These things happen. Yeah, uh, so he, he's he's doing that... Um, that thing he partnered with Amazon basically for this one it was this this games of summer or summer game fest summer game fest I think it was called and it was basically uh, their big get was that hideous looking borderland uh borderlands um sequel spinoff the the tiny tiny tina is back in the is anyone excited about borderlands anymore well, I mean, they they got Andy Samberg, they got Will Arnett, they got Wanda Sykes, like yeah. they got like actual names, comedy names. Wanda Sykes was funny in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, they got comedy names to do this. This uh, I, I what I gather was it's a spinoff from I guess DLC for Borderlands Three, um, where Tiny Tina is running a role playing game. How did that character? come back how do you come back from what that character was in 2012 listen i don't i i i, I don't keep up with uh i don't keep up with the with the world of uh borderlands i i find it i find it un, unsavory um, yeah you should i mean all right so tiny tina for those who don't who didn't play borderlands 2 is this I guess perpetually 12 year old maybe she's aged up i i don't know what they've done with her in three but in in two, she was this like twelve-year-old girl whose gimmick was constant screaming from the diaphragm, um, and like yelling rap lyrics and getting Sounds really great. close to being that, a white girl who says the wrong word while singing the rap song. Oh, sounds um, really good. Sounds yeah. like something I definitely would like to hear. Like, like the, it was about the inherent hu- humor of having um, uh, what's her name, Ashley Birch. Mm. Who's Ashley Birch? She is yes. Yeah, she, uh, she is the she's an American actress, voice actress, singer, and writer, known for her role as the voice of Tiny Tina in the video game Borderlands Two. So the the humor with Tiny Tina was having you know this this white child screaming about the homies. Uh, um, that's well, that's that that's still funny, right? Yeah, no, I mean we have an entire we have an entire Twitter personality based around that in uh, Jenny Garden. Um, and so, yeah, so Tiny Tina, her whole thing, her whole deal is, uh, screaming about asking people, asking the player character what set they're from, um, 
you know, screaming about the rap lyrics and the homies and um, all that sort of stuff. It was... People got... It, 2012 was a different landscape, <laughs> let's say, it was a for ba- video yeah, games. Just like, it was, it was listen, it was now. a bad time for the Empire. Let's just be real here. Yeah, and so you had a, a lot of people... The main defense of Tiny Tina was, oh, well, you're just seeing racism where there isn't any. That means you're, you must be the racist. The classic. Um, the the classic. absolute classic. I love it. Um, you know, and there was, a, I, there was there were a couple games writers. I, I believe I remember one guy, Mike. I don't remember his last name. He used to be on Twitter. Um, he got run off Twitter, basically. I think he was community manager. for Blizzard. Mike? Yeah. Um, right. I, I know this is extremely specific. Uh, and it, it's very possible to tell who in the world I'm talking about by this. But yeah, there was no, there was a, I want to say he was a Blizzard community manager. Uh, it was just Mike on Twitter, he tweeted about games. I think I basically run off because of his opinion that uh, Tiny Tina was indeed racist. Um, anyway, it's amazing to be run off Twitter because you don't like something that Borderlands did. That feels well, like you should, this just, was, you should get an award at that point. Yeah, this was the fulminating, like clouds are brewing on the horizon of Gamergate, right? This was 2012. So, like, things were about to kick off. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say, well, when was Gamergate? That was, like, 2013, 2014. And I then guess. and then we really got into it with um, the whole full, like, full-spectrum recognition of uh, just shitposting as part of the American psyche. Um, oh, yeah. As we went into election season. Um for the presidential election in 2015. Um, yeah, so just a lot of a great a lot of great stuff happening uh, in the early uh, part of this decade, last decade, I guess, at this point. Um, There's so always something good so, happening. So yeah, so Tiny Tina's back. Um, it's some kind of like she's like the DM of a fanta- of a not Dungeons and Dragons uh, role-playing game. Tell me they got they did they at least get Wanda Sykes to voice Tiny Tina? No, no, no. Ashley Birch is back as Tiny Tina. That uh, seems like a mistake. Samberg. Yeah, no, the that the, the Summer Games Fest actually had Birch come on and do the voice, uh, at which point I had to meet the stream. Nothing against Ashley Birch, um, besides the fact the crimes the various crimes of Tiny Tina. Uh but I, I just can't listen to that character anymore. Um <laughs> I I can't listen to it. Uh, if she starts well, doing the voice, I'm going to mute the stream, and that's what I did. Um, good news. I don't think I don't think the new Borderlands stuff is for you. No, I don't think it is. Well, it's for people our age. It's certainly not for the kids. I'm pretty sure. It's it's for um, it's for the homies. Um, yeah, I'm not like like Will Arnett, Andy Samberg, Wanda Sykes. The like the, the generational profile of people who see those names go oh. That's us. I mean, I, often yeah. I'll see those names and go, oh. Yeah, yeah, like, the, the, those, are, those are names for the 35-year-old millennial crowd. I've seen, I've seen all three of those people and things that I found funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the, the butt unicorn. There's a unicorn whose whole thing is its, its, its name is the butt unicorn or something. God, I hate Borderlands so much. Um, and that's the joke. That's the, the joke is the word butt with, with the word unicorn. It's um, like a worthless franchise. That's what it is. But that was like their big get. Uh, it was that and the, the Elden Ring trailer. Was the big get? Yeah, that and the Elden Ring trailer were the. Oh well, yeah, the Elden Ring big get. I will say the Elden Ring trailer grew on me over time. I, you know, it looks like one of those, and they've earned like unlimited uh, good faith and goodwill for making another one of those. Like, if you if you say if FromSoft says we're gonna make a Souls like, people are just like, all right, 
there's my money. I'm putting it on the table. It'll just be sitting there for five years until the game comes out, and then you can take it. Uh, and, th- and they've earned that. They've earned that, and there's, you know, there's. I have no problem with that. Um, sure. The problem I do have with Elden Ring specifically. Ah, uh, you're mad at you're mad at George. No, I don't. I'm not mad at George. George, I don't believe is actually working on the project. Like uh, I, I, I am able to. You're, you're a George to blissfully. I am a George. Me. No, no, I'm I'm a George. I'm correct about George. Being a truther means that you know I, I, that I'd be going to the realm of exaggeration or fanciful, delusional belief. But no, I merely think that George isn't really working on it. <laughs> you think George is just being a Jets fan? I think, think that's all he spends his time on these days. I think that, as far as we know, George R. R. Martin's contribution to Elden Ring is probably, it, it, we know what it is. It's it, it, vaguely, it's like internal lore stuff. He's doing world writing and world building. And listen, for this them. is a man who loves doing internal lore. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and if you're worried about getting his book ever published, <laughs> it's eternal lore. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, great. Um, no, but he's supposedly doing. Uh, it sounds like he's doing the wiki, like he's doing the story bible, the the the, the internal documentation. Oh, that's uh, nice. I mean, honestly, they, they like use. I would say the things about Dark Souls that, and, and this is not a popular opinion, but I would say the things about Dark Souls that grab me the least are the internal story bible stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need to know like who exactly Gwyn's kids are or whatever. Like that was never been really been all that important to me. Yeah. Um and like. The way that the lore is presented is yeah, what I care it's, about. The thing and, is, uh, Miyazaki's thing is he takes the lore, like, even if he has a a very straightforward internal story Bible, Miyazaki takes the lore and he chops and screws it. And that's how he right. presents it. Um, exactly. Exactly. And that's good. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, and in that in that case, uh, one, I don't think that George R. R. Martin has a particularly distinct writerly voice anyway. Uh, wow. Besides, besides using too many adverbs. Um, Man, which shots is, fired. Which you're is the main? Us, you're going to get us canceled by the by the the Beninoff and uh, Weiss haters. Yeah, um, you mean lovers? Lovers? No, no uh, they aren't. Aren't the don't the people who hate Beninoff and Weiss love R. R. Martin? Well, they, I, I'm, I'm not sure where they stand right now. I know that they believe like the, the ending. The ending has soured everyone on Beninoff and Weiss, which is why I love it. The only episode of Game of Thrones I've ever watched was the finale, and it was my one of my favorite television shows. Uh, of really? All time. Why? Because everyone because it was it terrible. So it was horrible. It was everything I wanted that show to be. Just a disaster. Uh, it I am, was really bad. The the ending was. I watched all of them, and the ending was bad. I was. I, I am. I was. Am and remain uh, game the number one Game of Thrones hater on Twitter. Just just pure bitter, um, you know, pathetic hatred. Impressive that you consider yourself the number one, but anyone would be. Um, You know, I've I've ruined Twitter relationships by my inability to stop hating on that show. Have you honestly ruined Twitter relationships? uh, Yeah, uh, I got unfollowed by um, the pun guy, Adam Jacoby, I think his name is. Um, He used to be a sports writer. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, he he unfollowed. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's great. Uh, He unfollowed me because I wouldn't stop talking shit about Game of Thrones without watching it. Wow. And, you know, okay. and he was, and that is perfectly right, within his rights to do so. Uh, Man, he, that's no, a that's a hard guy to get to unfollow you. Oh, he hit me with the let people enjoy things, and I edited the, edited the meme and sent it back at him. Wow. Um, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was that'll not, that'll get you unfollowed. I was not having it that day. No, fuck that meme. Fuck that. Fuck well, that. No, I agree, meme. but um, 
But yeah, bold no, of, it was bold of you to send it. Yeah, fuck to, to, well, you know, you know, to take the time to edit it and send it back. At I think it was like it was. Uh, what did I do? It was like I, I removed the word no or something. It was very. It was a very basic edit. It was just like removing a word to change the meaning of the entire thing. But uh, classic yeah. edit. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. You know, um, it was not very sparkle motion of me. Um, no. to do that. Uh, and, you know, I'm sorry to Adam, uh, but, you know, uh, that's just how m- my account was rolling at that time. And you how hate letting rolls. people enjoy things. That is I do. Yeah, my, I mean, I, I think the world is coming around to agree with me on that, on that uh, bent, especially about the meme itself. Of oh, yeah, well, no, that's things. true. No one, no one ever sends that meme. Can you imagine being the person who drew that? Uh, it would not be as, as, uh, as, uh, much of a feather in one's cap as being Casey Green and the This Is Fine Fire. Oh, doll. yeah, no, absolutely. Not, no, and I mean, Casey no Green continues to shower himself with glory. Uh, his recent uh, critique of um, NFTs, NFTs was, yeah. uh, was legendary. No fucking thanks. Yeah, that I hangs, a, hangs a no solicitation sign on my Twitter. It's very, honestly, just what a king. Yeah, but Elden Ring, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Um, We're talking about Elden it, Ring. It right? looks like it looks like it's going to be one of those games, except open world. But yeah, it looks I, more open world, which should make oh, the the should honestly like I like Dark Souls too. So look, mm-hmm. like I I think that's great. But everyone who hates Dark Dark Souls too is probably like their hackles are up at this point, right? Yeah. Like see this. here, the thing about open world is it seems like an abdication of the responsibility of level design and world design. It's just here's the giant blob. Of I don't space. know about that. So like uh, I could I, I, I think you're right in most cases. Let me let me be let me be right. honest. Like I think in most cases you're one hundred percent right. That is what that is what open world is. I think there's a way this could work because mm-hmm. um you can argue that Dark Souls one is kind of open yeah, world. Yeah, and th- that that's you can the make thing. your choices. Dark Souls I, I think a number of Souls games in the past too is the one I think is the least quote-unquote mm. open world because well that's very true unspoke world linear um but i think dark souls one is a, is an is a fantastic open world game in terms of how the levels breathe how they're arranged well, yeah. how they go into one how the areas move into one another but a big part of that is because it has it effectively has um Barriers, like yeah. there, you know, you can you can do the thing that I did where I just ran myself against the skeleton wall for like, you know, however long I needed to, um, before I realized that I could go through the undead berg, and like that's that's a choice you can make. Um, it's not a choice that you are ever encouraged to make, and like if you have any sort of like self respect, you will not make. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, it is it is gated in a certain way, which I assume Elden Ring will be as well. Um, I think a lot of like thinking of upcoming um uh open world games like i think like the new dying light won't be like that right like there's right. there's there are lots of games where like open world means like okay you got to level 20 you can go anywhere i um, mean that's like all the assassin's creed game assassin's creed games both now and in the past yes. are just this open blob of setting right. Yes, a dollop of setting. Sometimes level gated in terms of what levels the enemies are, but there's no design really going on there. I mean, even in terms of the ones I've really enjoyed, like Assassin's Creed Two, which is mm-hmm. like not a controversial statement to say I enjoyed that. That's like I would say, as much as I think like the the design of Italy is charming and everything, it's not like I know there's much difference between Venice and Florence, and, yeah. and like 
in real life, there's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, they're different cities, but not in the game. So, yeah, I would say, like, I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic. I thought it looked kind of samey when I first saw the trailer, and I watched it again, and second time through, I thought, you know what, I'm I'm in. I'll, I mean, I was going to get it anyway, but yeah. I'm more so in. I, I mean, think, it, it was like, all right, there's the proper noun for the thing I am. There's the big king who uh, has fucked up uh, and is yelling uh, at me so, and hollering. He messed up so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think... I. I think the thing about a thing about um, this, and like this is something that I've been saying since Sekiro came out. I think Sekiro like really taught them some good lessons um, in, in terms of game design. Uh, I feel like I feel like Sekiro had a number of things going on in it that even the other Souls games did not. Uh, and um, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see them take those lessons uh, and and use them because I don't know. Like I think you know I'm a big time Souls fan, but at the same point, I think. Sekiro was able to kind of like build a world in a more kind of um, I don't know what to say here like a almost a more like with more fidelity. Maybe it was, to like I would say coherence. It was yeah, a more coherent. Is, world. Yeah, that's exactly the right. And thing. it was intentionally so. It was intentionally a more coherent world. Like and they, I think Elden Ring will probably be that way too. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it, it seemed I, if I had to guess, they're probably going to lean more towards the Miyazaki uh, the the Souls uh, know, this, lore this approach. Feel- yeah, as opposed to the Sekiro. Sekiro was very restrained in how it actually said what it meant when it came to like the lore and and when people did things and why and how. Like yes, you can you can true. you can create a fairly and because because it's important for the plot. It's a, the plot is a lot more situated temporally within the kingdom of uh, Ashima. Whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ashina. 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 Um, you know, and that fictional uh, part of Japan during a specific part of Japanese history. I mean, it's it's very exaggerated. Fictional? You know? Yeah, weird. Uh, You're telling ex- me my, my degree in Ashina studies is going to waste? Um, no, no, you, you, you know, you just get paid in, in pretend money as well. Oh, good. Um, like everyone. Uh, yeah, like, like every PhD. Um, <laughs> the... Yeah, but then, uh, like, the, 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 the fall of the house of um, the Ashina King yeah, yeah, and his right. thought, like all that, that, and and you know, and Wolf's Rise and his childhood with Owl and all that stuff. All that was important to have on a timeline that you can understand, as opposed to the Souls game and Bloodborne, uh, both of which take a lot of um, pride, I guess, in being this disjointed, like, Bloodborne allegedly happens over the course of one night. But it's not really one night. It's like, you know... It's, it's, a, it's a funny conceit. Yeah. Like, anyone who played Bloodborne is like, alright, fine. <laughs> like, but it doesn't actually happen over the over the course of one night, because time is weird at that point, right? Like, in Bloodborne, I know that time, that time flows strangely strange. in Drang Lake, but... Yeah. In, no, it, yeah, in Yarnum too? Oh, <laughs> uh, in all of those places, yeah. I know, I'm, just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm joking around. Uh, so yeah, that, that, I mean, it looks good. We'll play it. Um, I have every expectation. It's going to be one of those. And like, if there is a problem, it's going to be that people don't like the horse. Um, yeah. and that's fine. That, that, that's I very doubt, normal. Uh, yeah. Too. I doubt the horse is going to be mandatory. Like I, you no. know, there's, there's like it, leveling up. Isn't mandatory in those games. Why in the world would the horse be mandatory? This, this we live in a world where, Games have realized that mandatory vehicle sections are not good, um, so you know we're not we're not in Mass Effect One anymore, and that's bad because the Mako was awesome. 
Well, yeah, the Mako was cool. Um, I guess, like, I don't know, maybe the, maybe not the whole, um, not the whole, like, you needed to do it. But uh, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, no, it was every, yeah, it was a bit much making every hub world, every quest world have a forced Mako section. That was, yeah, uh, that, that yeah, that, that's my main problem, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't know. I'm excited about that. Um. Actually, let's let's do it now. Did you see any other trailers that you kind of were were interested in? Oh, not really. Um, yeah, like we're. It's a little. Like, rough. I was. I mean, I I am mad again that uh, and I've been complaining about this on Twitter off and on for a while. Uh, Arcane Studios announced a new game, and it looks like it's a multiplayer game. Nice. Um, <laughs> it's for some reason like Left for Dead is bit is back in a big way it seems the the four player co-op horde mode slash some people would say left for dead never left that's entirely true uh but yeah it's uh what's what's this game called it's called red something yeah i saw it is it like redfall redfall okay. something it's it's a vampire hunting game uh, something appears to have happened to our sun, where the vampires are. It's like it's like permanent eclipse, but it's a blood eclipse, and the vampires are able to be out. You know, not all the time, but you know, a a larger percentage of the day. It must um, be weird having written, being like one of the people who wrote um, Thirty Days of Night, and like just because of the movie being so bad, like the world has forgotten that you did that. Yeah. Um, I get, did Kirkman write that? Was that a Kirkman? No, uh, Thirty Days of Night was. I think I know. Remember the name of the artist was Ashley something. Mm, that was a great um, series. That was a great little. Um, but yeah, I uh, that's um, that's the whole premise of Thirty Days of Night is is the 30 thing. Day, Just well, Thirty over Days a of, long period that, of time. Yeah, it's like the, the premise of Thirty Days of Night is that vampires were smart enough to recognize um, that they should live at the poles. Yeah, right, and they get to be. They get to basically. Uh, Every year for 30 days, they get to just, like, have free reign. And so you ask, like, okay, so, like, what happens when vampires don't have to go inside after a little while? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, the, the comic book was written by Steve Niles. The art was by Ben Templesmith, not... Um, oh, Ben Templesmith's wonderful. And Steve Niles is also... They're both really, yeah. really good. Um, I think Ben Templesmith also did the art for Sandman Dream Theater, but that don't sounds quote me on correct. that. sounds um, correct. Yeah, Niles and Templesmith work together a lot. But, yeah, I, I liked that comic, and uh, this sounds like that premise, uh, but... With the with all of the sort of tension taken out, because now the vampires just can be around all the time because the sun is broken. Yeah, um, and of course you've got a four player team of. It looks like it's a it's you know it's it's an arcane game, which means you've you've got your basic uh, shooter setup with powers is what it looks like. You know, your, how many your, twinks are in my party? What, what uh, kind of arcane is it? Two. Two okay, twinks, good, good. I think you've got Two a reporter. Twinks? You've got a reporter twink and a uh, a falconer twink. I think he's got like a wow. Bird. Okay, um, and then you got two ladies. Um, Listen, if I a, recall correctly, that that's the distribution. That's, a, that's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, um, and you know, obviously they've got Death Loop, which is you know sitting in I think COVID related uh, hell. Right, um, yeah. As they try to finish it up and, and try to get it on a release schedule with, you know, 
uh, any kind of idea about when PS5s and Xbox Series Xs are going to be in people's homes. Did, in did great you number? see? Did you see that uh, the new the new release schedule for Grand Theft Auto Six? No, twenty twenty five. What? Right, well, I mean, <laughs> seems like a like absolutely pointless. <laughs> like, I mean, why, why even say it's coming it's, out? It's better than just yeah. Just, I was gonna say Is you it? know it, it's. <laughs> I was going to say something about crunch, but they're just going to do crunch anyway. Um, yeah, this so is just it, like yeah. they don't have any. Int- this is this is just releasing Skyrim for new platforms, except saying like, "Oh, but we promise we're working uh, on." That it. was another disappointment. Um, Starfield, no Skyrim. Starfields, <laughs> uh, yeah, no Skyrim. One, they, they've been te- when was the, when did they do that Elder Scrolls teaser, which was just like oh wow, a forest. Yeah, that was a while ago. Wasn't like, it was like twenty nineteen? Like- it was like twenty nineteen, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and everyone was pretty excited about Elder Scrolls Six for a little while, and then, you know, remembered what we're dealing with here. Yeah, uh, uh, but not, no, not a company that's going to give you Elder Scrolls Six at any given. There was a time. there was a ninety second Starfield trailer, quote unquote trailer, Skyrim and, in space. Yeah, well, the thing it wasn't we didn't even get that because it was this this thing where they just showed like it was like we were back in like the early 2000s or something when you all you needed to get over was get a space game over was like a voiceover of someone um badly ripping off carl sagan and a bunch of shots of like <laughs> archival footage of rockets being shot into space billions and billions of stars yeah and like and like all that that fae that uh faux hopeful vague nonsense about... I thought oh, you were going to call it Faye. No, <laughs> It's like, no. man, that is <laughs> bold. No, you know, just, you know, empty calorie bullshit science loving nerd crap um, for that trailer, and there was nothing in it. There was nothing of substance in the Starfield trailer. We had no idea what that game's going to be like. I think there was... Uh, it was funny, it got leaked to the Washington Post first, like a making of for Starfield. They did a making of featurette for Washington Post, a video featurette for a game they've shown no footage for. That's really weird. I guess, I mean, if you're going to leak it to someone and hope that they're just like, they'll cover it credulously, the Washington Post is a good enough place. Um, oh, who, who's their, who's their writer over there? Gene. Oh, yeah. Gene, is it, is it Gene Pock? Gene, yeah. Yeah. I don't right. want to speak ill of the guy, but. I mean, it's it's interesting. Credul- at least he that does he does do credulity quite well. Let's yeah, say that I much. mean, hey, hey, a major publication like that having a games writer on staff to begin with is something. I guess I'm not sure we really need the Washington Post getting involved in gaming news. Um, no, but but you know, without that, we would have never gotten the amazing Liz Brennig plays Bloodborne um, moment. Oh no, I'm sorry, it was Liz Brennig plays uh, Death Stranding. Oh, uh, that's much less interesting than having her play Bloodborne. I, honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say you're right, but also I don't even think playing Bloodborne would interest me in what she had to say about it. But uh, that, that, we're not here to get my opinions on that. Um, so what, what? How do you feel about Starfield? Like, are you? No, I, I don't. I don't feel about don't. Starfield. Okay. I don't. I don't have. They have not presented me with enough material for me to form an opinion about Starfield. They presented me with enough material for me to think their trailer was another exercise, and we have nothing to show you, so <laughs> here's 90 seconds of bullshit. Um, on that on that tip, I did, I like, and this is, I'm not a, I've, I never played it, I wasn't like, I wasn't ex- especially um, 
impressed with, uh, with, you know, like the whole, like, well, we're doing anti-capitalism as like a selling point. I will say I did think the, uh, the trailer for Outer Worlds. That was fantastic. Uh, was very funny. Uh, it was very, very funny for that to be in the same press conference as a Bethesda. Yes. Um, yeah, d- d- definitely. I won't, I'm not going to like get tin foily and say like, well, they knew and they wanted to, but like very funny choice, very, very canny to assume that there was going to be something on there that you would be like, well, we'll, we'll compare favorably to this. Um, yeah, I like, I like that trailer. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's basically just them doing an extremely like meta, meta e trailer about like, you know, now we're going to show you this and it has nothing to do with what's in the game. Like, it's a, it's there, a discussion some... of how you put to, it. It's a trailer just openly mocking and discussing how you put together game trailers for E3. Yeah. And the, the, the funniest part to me was, um, uh, there's like this great monster at the beginning and, yeah. and they go, <laughs> they're like, well, well, this, mo- uh, this monster looks great. I bet you're hoping you'll see it in the video game. Nope. It's gone forever. <laughs> it's like very, yeah. very good. Uh, very, very true to the feeling. Uh, I think a lot of us get watching, uh, E3. Oh, what else was except the- not us? Cause we're going to be there next year. Yeah. Oh, I am absolutely. Yeah. You're not getting me anywhere to go anywhere in 2022. 2022 what? is staying home. That is ah, that is lame. what we're doing in 2022. That's messed up. I'm going. Abs- All right, you will you will be our reporter on the spot. Um, I'm vaccinated. It's fine. <laughs> uh, what else was there? There was uh, there's a new 2D Metroid. That's nice. Oh yeah, Dread. That looks pretty fun. Um, um, I'm 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 absolutely you know I won't I won't even make a joke. I'm absolutely here for it. I'm gonna play Dread. For it sure. was very funny that they introduced it as Metroid Five. Um, <laughs> That even if even if just briefly because of the comparisons to the other numbered Metroid game, which no one has heard anything about in a uh, long yes, time. Yes, Metroid Prime Four. Uh, is is that just dead at this point? No, they they keep they keep bringing it back to life. I think the last time people thought it was dead, like they mentioned it. I don't know. I feel like they mentioned it in twenty twenty. Even that sounds there was about some news right about it. Um. It's just like it, it's like the cruelest thing too, because like I feel like Metroid Prime fans are some of the most hopeful out there for Nintendo, because like Metroid Prime was so good, Metroid Prime Three was like fine but disappointing, and they're just like, oh, what what could they do with another shot? And Nintendo just keeps feeding them hope, uh, and that's all, and uh, and nothing but hope. I think all we've seen of Metroid Prime was like a splash screen with the logo. Yeah, no, it, we haven't seen anything. I would, I would. I would hope the that everyone who's excited for the game, and I, I say this with all the love in my heart, but I hope everyone who's excited for the game is grown up to, enough to know that uh, we're not probably getting it. Yeah. Uh, so there's that's that's about it for E3. Yeah, anything I was going to say, is there anything else like uh, that? I, I, I'm, I can't think of anything that really jumped out at me other than other than uh, there was a really shitty looking vampire game, Vampire the Masquerade. I mean. Um, um, like that, that it was like it was, it was yeah it was like a multiplayer it, you know, yeah the, well there's that but it's like it was like a multiplayer battle royale maybe like some with some light PVE elements but like uh, I don't no one I don't go to that IP for multiplayer gaming fuck you it's really weird that they would try to do the Fortnite thing before like the thing Fortnite was going to do before Fortnite got super successful yeah they're just like oh yeah why don't we do PVE with like base building like yeah okay we call that we call that the fortnite before it made money (laughs) 
Seems like a great idea. So, uh, what else we got here, uh, news-wise? Bloober Team. Bloober Team's back in the news. Yeah, I don't know anything about Bloober Team. Can you, uh, can we you have, me? yes, uh, I reviewed their last game. It was called The Medium. I hate it. Oh, it was that one. Oh, no. Bloober Team's, oh, and this, no. The Medium is the game that got them this gig, um... You were famous. You famously hate the medium. Uh, I am not alone in hating the medium. Uh, the medium was very divisive between uh, uh, people who very much disliked that game from its concept to its execution, especially with its writing. Uh, and that those people are on one side, and on the other side were people who have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Um, <laughs> Get them. Uh, people who like the medium, um, I implore you to go back and play actual good. Uh, survival horror games that were written by people who understand both the survival and the horror aspects. Yeah, like Heavy Rain. Of that. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> did we ever cover David Cage crying in court? Oh, no, I don't think we did, but I, I feel like I feel like the world got... Yeah, got they, I mean... David Cage cried in court. He did, when he was confronted with all of his homophobic and uh, racist statements. Uh, he, in French he, court. He regretted his words and deeds. He, he fled the room in tears. Um, and then his, uh, and Quantic Dreams' CEO or CFO took the stand um, and made sure the judge clarified for, the magistrate clarified for him that he was not under oath so that he could lie. Uh, and then proceeded to start lying um, in his testimony. This is in the uh, court case in France. <laughs> Uh, I love regarding... I love when you when you ask someone, "Am I under oath?" and they ask you why, and you say, "No reason." No, no, he um, didn't even say no reason. He asked. He he's apparently specifically mentioned that you know the veracity of his statements wouldn't be held against him to the judge in open court. Uh, um, yeah, the, this is this is the uh, the toxic workplace uh, lawsuit in France against uh, David Cage's studio. Um, so that's ongoing. Should be I a guess. slam dunk. Yeah. <laughs> We'll we'll see what happens over there. Sometimes the French the French courts occasionally turn out some some actual decisions that don't suck ass. Unlike I mean, here. David Cage is. Uh, I feel like if you if you can if you can spoon feed a court David Cage, like you should be able to make it work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bloober Team. Bloober Team is making the next Silent Hill game. Um, this is bad. This is. Uh, let yeah, me, that's a bummer. That's not like yeah. going going from Kojima and Guillermo del Toro to to Bloober Team, uh, the the studio that like has it out for liberals and communists. Um, I, I guess that's it's weird to say they're not they're far from the only studio, probably far from the only Polish studio that has it out for liberals and communists in twenty twenty one. Name but, another Polish studio. I dare uh, you. We we have another Polish studio on the list to talk about today. I I well, is it the one I'm thinking of? It is the one you're thinking of. Okay, I was gonna um, say there, there's an obvious one. I'm not. People tend to assume that I'm not making jokes and just stupid, but I I do know there's another Polish studio. Yeah. Um. So. They have a couple games in development right now. Uh, they applied for grants from the European Union because uh, the European Union actually likes doing things on purpose uh, from time to time. Uh, and stimulating game development growth is one of those things. So they can, Those idiots! <laughs> yeah. So they can apply for grants from the European Union for money to help make specific games, but in return they have to you know, tell the European Union, uh, the board in question, what kind of game they're making. So we have some limited insight uh, into two of the projects. Uh, 
that Bloober team is working on right now. Wonderful. Um, Fill me in. And this is from uh, Bob 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 Vids. Ba 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 ba. This is at Bob Vids. Uh, He's the one who dug these up. Here's the first game that Bloober Team is working on. Presented from a first-person perspective, the gameplay is a mixture of exploration, survival, and combat. The players take in the world by exploring the environment, interacting with characters, and taking part in story-driven set pieces. This seems obvious. As the story progresses, they shape the narrative by making a series of moral choices that will lead to at least one of two uh, to one of at least two endings. Uh, at two time, endings. Wow. <laughs> At least two. At times, the players engage visceral hand-to-hand or melee combat, although sparse and sometimes optional. The combat always poses a challenge and builds tension suitable for a survival horror game. The hero is constantly outnumbered or overpowered and can easily perish if he is not careful. I believe overpowered is being used as he is being overpowered by enemies, not he is OP. When combat is not an option, the players will be tasked with simply staying alive in the face of seemingly insurmountable odds. They can accomplish that by means of stealthy avoiding, improvising, or outmaneuvering the opposition. I'm sorry, this is supposed to be Silent Hill? It sounds nothing like Silent Hill. This is one of two possible games that projects they are working on. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Now... Uh, these segments include encounters with alien with alien enemies. This is the first time the enemies are mentioned. They are apparently aliens, or okay. or they are alien in the sense that they are strange. Uh, will serve to truly ratchet up the tension and provide the game with a much needed sense of terror. And that's weird to describe much, your own product as having a sense much of terror. Like, like, very self knowing there, I guess. Um, like really, like we're really lacking in a sense of terror here. Can we like can we pick that up? Um, so key features, unique setting, the unconventional blend of the Middle Ages and alien species. Mm. That doesn't sound like Silent Hill to me. Don't love it. Uh, mature story of the dark aspects of faith and humanity with the alien life form as catalyst for character development. Okay. Oh, wouldn't it, how funny would it be if, how funny it would be if they did, um, if they did aliens for the supernatural part in, uh. In Silent Hill, people would be so mad. They I would. mean, I'd be so mad, but it would be very funny. Uh, ambiguous moral choices. Should we punish those who have wronged us or stand with them against a greater evil? Should we save a child at the cost of our own life? I would say no, that's a game over. Like, that's just a game over if you save a child at the cost of your own life. I'm going to save a child at the cost of my own life, and you can't stop me. Uh, historical setting makes the story more realistic and relatable. I'm not sure about that. Uh, allows for potential <laughs> spinoffs set in other historical periods. Oh, uh, wonderful. Assassin's <laughs> Creed. That's, that's, that's Project 1. Here's Project 2. This, the... Um, I love I love this game, but uh, isn't isn't the, like don't we pick the door after they uh, they they tell us the one isn't yeah. that the Monty Hall problem? Yeah. So here's the second game. This is a horror game. Uh, this is called Dumb Spiro. D U M S P I R O. I thought this was a a dragon game for a second, but no, <laughs> it's like a, a dragon game about a Spiro, but dumb. Dumb Spiro is a horror game, which title comes from a Latin sentence, Dumb Spiro Sparrow. It means, while I breathe, I hope, and expresses the main theme of the game, that even in the face of death, certain people, of certain death, people are still capable of deciding about their lives, defining its meaning through their actions towards the end and even triumph the evil in a symbolic way. 
This is translated from the Polish, I believe. Story takes place during the years 1941 to 1944 in Lietzenstadt Ghetto. Oh, great. A World War II ghetto established for Polish Jews, the second largest ghetto in all of German-occupied Europe. Why are we doing, like, uh... They proved definitively that they were not responsible enough to handle this content in the media. I don't. They proved definitively they, that they are, they're not adult enough, they don't, they're not smart enough, they're not good enough to touch this stuff with the medium, and now they're going straight to the Holocaust. I just, like, I don't get why, why people don't seem to understand that, like, we've proven time and again that, like, uh, time travel and horror based in, like, the Holocaust never works. Like, can you think of one time where we've, where we've seen this and we've been like, yep, that rocked. Like, that is so good. Like, horror in the Holocaust. I think that really worked. No, I don't, I don't think we've ever had one There's of never been one. No. That's why The Day of the Clown Cried is so interesting to people, because it's so obviously a failure. Yeah. Even before anyone sees it. Yeah. Um, God. So, so that, that's the second game. I don't think we, I need to go through the rest of this. Uh, it doesn't sound like a Silent game, Hill game either. Um, it, so... Well, I guess that's true. The Silent Hill game uh, from um, Silent Hill game that uh, took place in uh, in the Holocaust never really did get picked up. Well, I mean, it's not like the other one sounds more like a Silent Hill game either with the aliens in the medieval period. Um, so uh, if I had to guess, neither of these games are the Silent Hill game. There's a third game that's already in production that we already know isn't the Silent Hill game. So, the, so if Bluebird Team is working on Silent Hill... It's not currently even in production. Um, it'll be their fourth game, the fourth concurrent Great. game as a studio. Um, Great. Great. That's that's what I like to hear when I so, when I'm thinking about a series that uh, I want to be I want to have done very well. Um, I like to hear that it will be the third game uh, or the fourth game on on the person's list. That's that's solid. Yeah. Um, un- unless unless we're doing Silent Hill Warsaw Ghetto, in which case, Jesus Christ. Uh, fuck. Yeah, oh, yeah, that would be, wow. Uh, well, well, now that you said it, um, probably going to come true. Uh, well, there was some hope about Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. What is um, Kojima-san up to? Yeah, what is Kojima-san up to? Uh, well, uh, Jason, Jason, uh, uh, actually, no, sorry, that's not who I was thinking of. Uh, John Saavedra, John Saavedra, uh, writes for Den of Geek that, um, there was a uh, an, a conspiracy that Blue Box Game Studios, a relatively unknown um, studio, isn't like uh, li- by unknown. Don't you mean literally defunct at this I, point? I think. So. I mean, like I, it sounds familiar, but yeah, um, it's they. There was a conspiracy that it was a Silent Hill game from Hideo Kojima, um, and uh, I thought it was a secret new entry. Blue Box Game Studios enigmatic founder Hassan Karaman released a video to announce the app and reveal had been delayed till August. Did this quiet the fans? I'm reading from the article. Who had spent more than a week speculating, deciphering clues? Uh, no. Um, so has, apparently, it, has, it, has that question ever been answered? Yes. Yeah, it said if you think the answer is yes, you clearly don't know the internet very well. Fair enough. Um, Blue Box Twitter handle posted a now deleted tweet teasing that Abandoned wouldn't be the final name of the game. Um, and so, guess the name. Abandoned. First letter equals S. Last letter equals L. Reveal closing in. Read the tweet. Um, so it sounds like Silent Hill, of course. Um, there's, like, 
stuff with Kojima's Instagram feed. There's some stuff with Morse code. Um, <laughs> Kojima's never been this guy. He's never been I mean, this they, dude. They did the thing where that Kojima was in a mask once, but uh, I don't know. Like Karaman has said, like it's not true. Like he has a thing recently on. Uh, he like put something out June 21st where he says essentially, like, listen, I this isn't me. Like, please, this is just, I just want to release this game. Um, Karaman, uh, Karaman and Kojima both share the same initials. Um, so that's cool. And Jesus when you translate Christ. Hideo from Japanese to Turkish, you get Karaman. Blue Box's initials are also BB, which is the name of the character in Kojima's most recent game, Death Stranding. Uh, do they think, uh, wait, is the conspiracy that these, are the two, these two people are the same person? Uh, I think the idea is that Hassan Karaman is a, is a, a false Kojima, like sort of like a stand-in. Um, like, oh, there's sort of a like black the, t-shirt. The oh, no, Pope and the me. anti-Pope. It's 100%. Uh, no, it's 100% that he's the same person. Okay. There's a black t-shirt theory. Great. Okay. Um, oh, no, not the same person. I guess just like, because that, that's not him. That's, um, what's his name? The, the whatever, the director he's friends with. Um, so I guess anyone who's involved in Kojima things just wears like a flat black t-shirt. Um, Zack Snyder. So Zack Snyder's in on it, too, because... Uh, Zack Snyder was always walking around in a black T-shirt. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Every major figure who's talked about abandoned or Kojima's next game on video has worn a black shirt. Motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, an, app, an app is – okay. Uh, yeah, oh, and they're saying, oh, it's pretty weird that uh, PlayStation Network is letting them release this app. Um, and then also Karaman released a, a, sh- a video with him in a white um, – uh, uh, looks like a white turtleneck and Twitter users are shocked by this. And frankly, I think it's just because he wants to stop being told that he's Hideo Kojima. Yeah. Um, well, no, what's the, what's the next sentence there though, that uh, they started speculating he's a CGI model created. By oh Hideo God. Yes. That's so rough. More than 10 hours before he announced the delay, YouTube channel claiming to be the official channel of abandoned. The game went live with a countdown video, but right when the clock hits zero in the live YouTube broadcast, Carmon announced the delay on Twitter. What the hell? At first, it seemed like Blue Box had gotten cold feet at the last second, deciding to reveal Abandon when it was a bit more polished, but those who stuck around YouTube after the delay was announced were treated to new clues, seemed to confirm what they've known all along. There's much more to Abandon than meets the eye. The video, which played a loop of weird sounds over the Blue Box logo, began to communicate with the viewers, sending out messages in Morse code that some speculate is actually a conversation between two sides of the same person. Each line of Morse code appeared either in blue or red, seemingly signified that two different voices were speaking, although some simply took this as confirmation that PlayStation, blue logo, and Konami, red logo, are collaborating in the new Silent Hill. Uh, here's the here's the conversation. Blue, find the source. Red, reality bends to my will, but my mind is delusional. Blue, I can't trust you if I can't trust your mind, so find the source. Red, shall I remind you of who I am? Blue, so I'll remind you of what I can do. Blue, I think they spot me. Stop playing me and find the source. Red, I can't get hold of you, so I assume you got made time to separate. Blue, bye-bye for now, Red. Um, doesn't make any sense. There's Morse code. Uh, oh, there's an Act 2 teaser. Morse code that reads Endure and Survive. Um, Blue Box said that it's a fake channel. Uh, very exciting. Um, ARG shit. This sucks. I Honestly, like I think... Look, there's a couple of things, right? The one thing to say is, um, since we have now said that it's not true, based on our um, track record on this show of being wrong about everything, it now is true. Um, well, that's however, just sensible. That's just, that's just, you know. 
That's just us. It's unfortunate. It's true, but it's because we're so real. Yeah. And, uh, and, and tell it like it is. Um, yeah, I um, what's what's dumb about this? Uh, I'll say is that it very well could be some like thing that Kojima has, you know, worked up to to produce. I don't know interest in his game or whatever. But like more likely than not. So like I I listened to this podcast because I was on a I, I we drove to Illinois the last week and back, so we had needed stuff to listen to whenever the kids weren't bothering us and um uh. I love my kids, no, but no one likes to be in a car with kids. Let's, let's be let's be clear. Your parents didn't like it either. Uh, whoever's listening, um, it is it is a it is a precarious situation at the best of times. Uh, but when when we were not, um, you know, giving them food or whatever, we listened to a podcast. And there was this podcast we listened to about the um, uh, it was about the Scorpion song "Wind of Change" and uh, a theory that it was written by the CIA. Kind of interesting. But, like, every single one of those, right? Like, yeah. it ended with them saying, like, well, we never really figured it out. But what we did was we made a podcast kind of about the concept of truth, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, if you if you have listened, if you, like, honestly, if you if you listen to, what was the first one that was really big with, uh, what, like, the, oh, uh, the one everyone liked with uh, Sarah, whatever. Uh, and, cereal. Uh, cereal. Cereal, yeah. If, if you listen to Cereal... It's the same thing with every single one of these where you're like, what's the answer going to be? And they're like, the answer is truth is slippery, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Serial, uh, the one that the New York Times did, Truanon, you know, all the big, all the big cozy. Truanon at least, Truanon at least posits that uh, the things they're talking about are real. Yeah. Um, they'll at least, they'll at least come to it and say like, I'm pretty sure this is real. Um, but like, the thing is, the, that was what happened. And then we, we knew that was going to happen, but there was... A part at the end of the podcast where uh, he was he met with the lead singer of um, Scorpions um, to talk about the song that he wrote, basically like about like the, the wind of change is basically about like how the Soviet Union is ending, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the whole point of the song, um, and the idea was like maybe the CIA wrote it because like that would be a pretty good that would be pretty good, like that would be pretty smart, um, but like the the thing that ended up happening was. He met with the singer, and the singer was like, well, that's weird. Like, uh, that's definitely not true, but kind of like a funny story. Um, and, like, he, at the end of the interview, he's like, I went downstairs, and, and he was at a bar talking with his friend. And I was thinking, what's he saying? Like, is he talking about this reporter that he just heard the craziest story from? Or one he bamboozled? Or is he worried that his uh, that his story might be found out? And I said to Kristen, <laughs> I was like, he's probably thinking... Oh, cool! Like I met my friend here. Maybe we can have a drink. Like the obvious choice in all of this is almost always true, which is like, look, it, it's not, it's not like this couldn't be Kojima. It's not like this couldn't be some sort of like ARG thing. Probably it's just this guy who's like caught up in this terrible situation where everyone's like, oh, I know you're Kojima. Like you're, a, you're a, you're a CGI creation of like, of Kojima Sensei. Um, and he's just like, listen, I'm, I'm trying to make a video game. Like, yeah. I just... Well, his mistake please was... Please, God, let me make a video game. His mistake was trying to be mysterious online. You you, 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 you act mysterious online in front of the wrong people, and suddenly you're Hideo Kojima's, uh, you know, VTube avatar. Yeah, it's um, just like, it's... It's rough to me. I feel bad for this guy. I mean, maybe he's, like, a complete jerk. Who knows? Like, I don't, I don't know this Hassan guy, but, like... Maybe he seems like he's all right. Like he oh. seems like he's just a normal game dev. Hey man, like, I, that's publicity. You know, people know about the game now, uh, at the cost of his mental health. 
Oh, poor, poor guy. Poor guy. Oh, um, last thing we have, let's Casey Hudson started a new studio. Let's just mention this. I just want to mention this now because uh, Casey Hudson was the guy who did the first two Mass Effect games. I think no, he, he shepherded all three Mass Effect games, three original trilogy. Mass Effect games to production. Uh, he has a new studio in Canada somewhere, and they are going to be working on a new IP, and I'm going to keep an eye on that because uh, I'm hoping against hope that maybe someone wants to do something with a story and character-driven um, single-player you know, RPG-type thing like that. Okay. Um, Listen, uh, hope, hope does, of course, bring eternal. Yeah, and we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Um, you know, in the coming weeks slash years, because usually you get these studio announcements and they disappear for a while before anything. <laughs> yeah, comes no, out. It, it tends to take a little while before eighteen they come months back, or yeah. so, <laughs> at least. Um, and then, Funny how that works. And then we got our other Polish studio game, uh, studio Ooh, story. Of yeah, the week. our friends, our friends in uh, what? Our friends in uh, Poland and CD Projekt Red, right? No, 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 no. What? Uh, they're not the ones that. What? This is this is the, the devs <laughs> the devs of Sniper Ghost Warrior Two. Uh huh. This is the um, the event that caused some consternation because they held they they went all two thousand and three on this shit. Um, let's see here. This was this episode this uh, article was written by Eric Switzer for thegamer.com. Um. Earlier this month, I was invited to an event celebrating the launch of Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2. At this point, I would have taken an offer to tour a saltwater, ta- saltwater taffy factory in New Jersey as part of a promotion for the next Candy Crush Saga update, uh, probably due to COVID. Uh, everybody wants to get out of the house. Um, so he went down to San Diego uh, for this event at a private military training center. Um, Strategic Operations Incorporated. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it off the bat. That's weird. Um, this is a, this is an odd little bit of history. It was uh, this is where the this used to be a television studio where they filmed Sil- Silk Stockings. If you remember that uh, that, oh, that yeah. show. Okay. Um, producer Stu Siegel later converted the building into a tactical training facility for police and military personnel as oh, you got to make you got to make a couple bucks any way you can this is this venture is now called incredible adventures uh, it offers Naturally. extreme military counterterrorism training to civilians um Here's how it's described. The strategic operations facility looks a lot like a set you might see in American Sniper, Lone Survivor, or any other military propaganda film. The streets are paved with dirt, the broken down abandoned vehicles are covered in grime, and the short featureless huts look like they're made out of mud. It's in the Middle East were often shown via Western media, a gross, twisted doppelganger that doesn't re- actually represent life in that part of the world at all. You know, basically the kind of... Um, Set this oh, that always permanently has a yellow filter over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, had a Trump. This place had a Trump flag flying over it, um, which is extremely uh, expected from the kinds it's a little, of people. Little on the nose, but yeah, you're right. So yeah, the uh, the the thrust of what happens to our protagonist reporter in this um, studio is he is handed a AK-47 pattern, an AK pattern weapon. Um, uh, no, no, sorry, an M4 rifle and with blanks and told to shoot it at 
uh, actors who are dressed like Arab civilians. Okay. Um, and this did not Sounds sit like well. Sounds like a great game so far. Yeah, this did not sit well with him, and there, there's been a blow-up over, over this sort of thing. Yeah, this was, this was normal. Like, this was a normal way to promote your video game uh, back between, let's say, 2003 and 2010. Uh, your military shooter about going over to Iraq or the fake Middle Eastern country that, uh, in the case yeah, of Yeah, we're not shooting at Iraqis. We're shooting at, like, Krozakis. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in this game, there's actually Syrians. Um, oh, that okay. You're, that you're, you're going to fake Syria and um, intervening as, you know, part of the White Helmets, I guess. Uh, you're a foreign mercenary, I'm pretty sure. Say, are you really part of the White Helmets? I'm sure the White Helmets are in there as good guys. Um, well, yeah, of course, but they don't usually carry... They aren't usually packing. Yeah. Um, so apparently all of these actors were actually white. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Which, you know, at least they didn't hire Ar- uh, Arab people to dress Did they, <laughs> to dress did they, up as uh, the, as did the they have to wear brown face? I'm not sure... Uh, I think they they mostly just wore like uh, balaclavas and headscarves because obviously okay. you, had the, you, had, you had the I mean, the, 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 the female terrorists to gun down too because everyone's a going terrorist. going back to what we were talking about just uh, just you know not not going on an hour ago um, just as you can't really do Tiny Tina now mm-hmm. things have changed where you cannot do this anymore yeah um, it's funny because uh, the the Polish studio behind this game uh, CI Games. Um, they released a statement about how, oh, they have nothing to do with American politics, we have nothing to do with Trump, we have nothing to do with, uh, you know, um, these sort, the sorts of militarism, which is very funny, considering... Uh, what your game is. <laughs> well, both what their game is, and uh, I do recall that one of the four nations that was with us in the invasion of Iraq, with boots on the ground on day one, was Poland. That's why there are steadfast allies. Uh, R.I.P. Donald Rumsfeld. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that, yeah. That dusty old bitch died. Uh, congratulations, uh, and I'll and I'll see you in hell, you piece of shit. Um, heading to the great known unknown. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So no, the, the the polis were were with us, as George W. Bush famously asserted in that one debate. Um, You're either with us or against us. No, you no. You had, you had that line about oh, you forgot about Poland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was what he was referring to, the fact that they, they contributed uh, forces to the coalition of the, the willing. Uh, and In that famous speech where he said, you forgot about Dre. Yes. Um, yeah. And they, they put 2,000 boots on the, 2,000 soldiers on the ground. They were given command authority over parts of the uh, quote-unquote reconstruction afterwards. Uh, no, Poland has been very intimately part of American adventures in the Middle East, and they don't get to run away. From stuff like oh we, oh no we, we we don't we're not about the shooting of Arabs we we're, we're, we're you know we, we we don't we don't go with American politics like that no yes yes you do buddy and you're the ones developing this game so you know you knew exactly what you were getting into um, so that's a get lot him, of fun John. Uh, get their ass and that yes and it's fun to talk fun quote unquote to talk about this on the uh, we are recording this the night that uh, Donald Rumsfeld died. Um, may he, uh, rest in piss. Um. I heard that you went to your haters, uh, funeral, uh, your biggest haters funeral just to make sure he was dead. Yeah. Um, um pretty, that, pretty that, smart. 
uh, we're doing that that pose from Bar- the Flash TV show with the uh, right out right outside the person's grave. Um, <laughs> someone knows what I'm talking about when I say that. Um, yeah, it's it's from it's from inside the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> spoke uh, it's the 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 pack pack watch. Yeah, R A P Bozo. Um, right? No, no, this is from literally the Flash television show. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. I thought you were talking. I thought you forgot like what video codecs were, and you were calling them Flash. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, there's, oh, a, yeah. there's a scene where a guy is squatting near like the grave of someone he doesn't like's mother, and you know, flashing the peace sign um, for a picture he puts on the gram. Oh yeah, I know that. I know that picture. Okay. Yeah, that's from the Flash TV show. I'm or pretty or? sure it is. Um, it, it's from one of those CW shows. Uh, okay. Might might be from the Riverdale one. They're all basically the same. Sorry, sorry okay. if, if you love those shows, but they're all basically the same. It's a little weird that they're the same, given that one is about superheroes and one's about Archie. But I have heard that Riverdale is effectively yeah, just like it, they're effectively the same. I mean, Riverdale probably has more sex, um, and more, more sex, and more World War Two weird like army footage. Yeah, Archie like goes to war in the in the last season. Um, okay, and they and it, it's very it, very amusing the props they got for that. <laughs> Because they're like very obviously from like years and years ago, years ago. Um, Listen, Archie Archie has to go to war the same as everyone. It's important. Yeah, um, that's how selective that's, service works. That is how the selective service works. They select Jughead. Oh no! <laughs> uh, I think that's the news for this week. All right. Um, so I'll go into what I've been playing first because uh, yours is, yours will take a bit. Um, maybe not that long. We're already at an hour. You, you tend to like your sleep. Yeah. Um, I finished, uh, I finished actually my first visual novel since finishing, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. And, uh, and I feel like it's a little different because, um, this novel, this, uh, visual novel is more sort of like, uh, it's like uh, not attempting to be a satire. It's just more of like a, a very straightforward kind of thing. I finished the silver case, um, which is a, uh, ostensibly a detective novel kind of um but it is um it is it is sort of only a detective novel in in like the the loosest sense um mm-hmm. wherein uh um you you are solving cases but it is like very very much a um uh, a game about like not being able to know um you know, reality and not being able to kind of like, uh, know the world around you and like how bad uh, it is when the, when like, uh, governments try to, uh, turn people into, uh, you know, processed versions of themselves and like, a you know, trying to optimize humanity. It's great. It's, it's good. It takes place, uh, right at the end of the millennium. It's a really cool game. If you like thinking about, that moment in time, although it's very much stylized, um, and it has a sequel and a pseudo sequel, so uh, you know <laughs> there's there's plenty to love. Uh, I think it's great. I think if you haven't really played visual novels before, it's on Steam. It's it's really easy to get to. It's by Suda Fifty One. Who people, if you if you like Suda Fifty One, that you know that's already a selling point. Um, I realized that he definitely got a bad rap. Um, he is a much better writer than I think people uh, made him out to be. Um, so yeah, no, I think I think uh, I think it's a wonderful game. I think everyone should uh, should give it a shot. Cool, um, absolutely, absolutely worth your time. Um, John, what did you play? I've been uh, slowly working through Mass Effect Three. Um, Naturally, 
I am really I've really hit a wall with with that game. Uh, partially Does it suck be- is it? Oh, it's it's the gameplay is great, but I've now played like a hundred hours of Mass Effect in the past couple weeks. Ah, um, right, yeah, yeah, I bet. So, um, like, the gameplay being great is still it's still Mass Effect gameplay, and I'm a bit flagging on that. And it's Mass Effect Three. It's Kai Lang. It's um, this that stupid piano jingle. It's the it, you know it's they didn't bring their ba- their A game for the first for the plot piano of that. Jingle? Uh, there's this sad piano song that plays whenever anything sad happens in that game. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of like... It's very out of place with the rest of the series, which is a lot of, like, synths and um, ambient tone music, for Deeply lack of a better hilarious tune. choice. Uh, but, and then it goes into, like, the sad piano when Vancouver's getting blasted by Reapers or, you know... Um, you make a bad choice and someone's die. Uh, one of your characters. I think it's kind of funny. Yes, it, it's, it's kind of sad. It's tears for fears. Uh, it's Gary. Gary, what's his face? Gary Glitter. No, Gary. The Gary. The the guy who covered it for Don Darko. Oh right. Uh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Jules. I, I was like, say I hope it's not is. Gary Glitter. <laughs> That's not a guy yes, you want. Gary Jules. He covered it uh, for uh, he covered Mad World for Donnie Darko. Uh, um, you remember that that bunny? That bunny was big for like a, a minute because that was back when you could still do an ARG on the internet. Real scary and, guy bunny. Yeah, it was like a horror bunny. It was like an Easter bunny, but evil. Um, yeah, from Donnie Darko. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I miss those days because now we've got Slenderman. Uh, and Slender Man seems it's just a it's just a much less fun version of that suburban, you know, not really quite slasher. Like it's funny because they're not slashers; they're they're guys who just sort of stand there watching you. <laughs> like that's their that's their horror guy yeah, thing. They that's just true. Stand what there scary. watching. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's weird to be ominously watched by somebody standing in a place where they shouldn't be. But that's their whole well, that's their whole bag. That's all they do. Like, well, the bunny was sort of like was kind of he wasn't uh, actually, Donnie Darko's friend. Yeah, it was. He wasn't actually a villain or anything. Uh, he just looked really creepy. Um, right. Yes, of course. Uh, and you know, honestly, uh, real world murder incidents aside, Slenderman never really does much of anything either. You know, he he, he sort of gets a bad rap for just being dressed like a used car salesman and standing in the he'll, woods. He'll take you. He'll take you to his his home. Like he'll definitely do that. So those video games you can buy for fifteen dollars on Steam claim. Um, I have, you know, <laughs> I've yet, I've yet to be in Slenderman's I have, home. I, I have yet to visit Slenderman's home, and I have a feeling that, you know, it, it, there's only really one mode of gameplay that you can get out of um, a Slenderman game, and it's the walking simulator. Um, I don't know. Based on what I've what I've heard of from like some of the weirder parts of the internet, you could also get one of those like. Weird, sexy games. God, too. Christ. Fucking Slenderman. Yeah, sorry. Look, you have to know about these things. Uh, um, guy who, who's reviewing visual novels comes on here and tells me about Slenderman fucking. Um, look, I know about Slenderman. You, you don't seem to. No, I don't. Uh, um, yeah, so Mass Effect 3, it's, uh, I won't have a review that's anywhere near as long as the uh, 5,000 word, word Mass Effect 2 Jeremiah I wrote because it's not as, as good a game. Wait, 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 Jeremiah, was it, Jeremiah's are usually against the thing. Are they? Whatever. 
Uh, I, I, no, I was just I was just making sure that I was like I don't recall you disliking the game. Uh, I guess I was writing it against. I, yeah, it was, it was Jeremiah against not liking Mass Effect Two. That's you could say it's it a pay-in to Mass Effect sure, yeah. Two. That would be okay. Good. Um, Welcome to Vocabulary Corner. Uh, yeah, getting. Yeah, this is what I get from being on a, on, a, on a podcast with an English PhD. It's true. This is what you get um, um, when you mess with me. So yeah, well, there will be a review of Mass Effect Three soon. Um, yeah. We'll see how it goes. I uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that you have to finish it up that way. I feel like. This is maybe the problem with the Mass Effect series beyond any sort of other thing is that like what everyone has to remember it by is just this extraordinary extraordinary disappointment. Yeah, now I mean that it is that is the, yeah it's the it's the authentic Mass Effect three um, reaction. I'm at least going to have the Citadel DLC, so it'll end decently for me. Is uh, the Citadel DLC pretty good? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, it's it. You know, nothing. It, nothing really ever really fixed that ending because the ending, for various reasons, I'll get into in the review. That game, that series, that trilogy is always doomed to end in an unsatisfying way. Um, right, yeah. But Citadel DLC does what it should have tried to do, which is tie everything up on a personal stakes level. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it didn't do that in a way that is a little more fun for you. Uh, for now. Uh, but I hope, I hope that you you get to Citadel DLC and it, it is worth your time. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, of course. Um, well, uh, I think that's it. Um, well, we should we should we should do this more often where we take several weeks off. It seems like uh, more news happens. Yeah, more. Uh, no, nah, don't worry, we won't do that. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, check jo- check John out at um, at Goonhammer as always. Um, check me out. I'm on I'm on Patreon at. Uh, at no cartridge, um, yeah, uh, you know, just just uh, there's there's all sorts of content out there that you can enjoy that is not Mass Effect Three. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is an important thing to note. You don't have to play Mass Effect Three. You're Correct. not John. Correct. You can you can make another choice. Um, just just kidding. You you can. Um, anyway, uh, see you next week when we talk about uh, more video games. I'll talk to you then, John. Yep. Later.